Hello friends, welcome back, or simply welcome if this is your first time listening. This is Illuminating the Disconnect, where I speak of consciousness, self-consciousness, ego-consciousness, how it all connects, and how it has disconnected within the human species and between us and life. Now in the first couple episodes I talked about my experience of experiencing these levels of consciousness directly, authentically, and over time. And as well, a little theory on perhaps where ego consciousness began. But let's get to the crux of the matter of what is at the heart of knowing why this is even important. And it's the question that we all ask ourselves at some point in our life, if not all too often. And even without asking, we reflect upon it almost continuously because it is the essence of being. And what I'm talking about is feeling. The feeling of being. And how does that relate to consciousness? Well, first of all, I want you to contemplate what you are, not who you are for a second. Who you are is a feeling that is you. It's up to you to know it. I will never tell you who you are. That's the beauty of this life. You know who you are. Trouble is, maybe you haven't felt free in expressing it as often as you'd like to. And that's where feelings come in and where they come from versus where they could come from more naturally. Because I want you to contemplate your entire being. And I want to inform you and get you to remember that everything about you is about feelings, is about sense perceptions. Well, we know this because we're taught in grade school that we have five senses. We have sensory perception. And yet, do we ever really understand what these are beyond the physical? What is our body? What is the point of feeling? Well, if we didn't feel, we wouldn't know if we're enjoying life. And we also wouldn't know if we're not enjoying it, if we have a challenge, if we have pain, if we're encountering suffering. And we all talk about this literally from our first moments in this world out of the womb. We feel the world around us and the only thing we have to feel it with is this body our senses and yet we are more than our physical senses they inform us of our the environment around but we have an inner environment an energetic body if you will which is a layer between the matter that you are and the outside world between yourselves, between all that you are, there's an essence of being, your spirit. It doesn't have to be named to know that it's part of you. And we know when we're feeling good, we know when we're feeling bad. But what we don't often know is where these feelings come from and how we can mitigate the bad. How can we mitigate the pain, the suffering? Because these things are going to happen in a lifetime. They're going to happen with every life form. It is innate to being alive that there is the possibility 
of suffering and there's a high probability that there will be some suffering. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. But in describing how our feelings connect us to both ourselves and the world around, I do want you to understand the fundamentals of what you are so that you'll know what to do more often in situations that perhaps you haven't been able to understand before. So again, let's snap back to the beginning. Sit there and just try to feel your body. Allow your breathing to happen. Realize your heart is beating. You know, your biology is taking care of that. You don't have to think about it. That's a beautiful thing. Maybe you do have some physical challenges right now, some pains. Feel those. Allow them to happen. Think about someone you love. Think about something you like to do. And allow that feeling to sit for a moment. Everything about us is sensory. And that's part of our base consciousness. Now I'm going to try and describe what feelings are in a way that I haven't really heard described before. And I'm not saying I'm right or wrong because I don't know. I only know what I feel. And I know also what I think about what I feel. And that's what I'm going to be talking about a fair bit. I contemplated for many years feelings. What feelings are. I would watch human beings around me and I'd wonder why does this person feel that way? Why does that person feel that way? Why do people make each other feel this way and that way? Of course, reading philosophy and religion, you come across the idea of suffering, that life is suffering, and what to do about it. You know, Buddhist philosophy, the Four Noble Truths, I'll get into that in a different episode. But the crux of it is, and we all want to know, how can we generally feel good about ourselves and our life the most of the time, the majority of the time? Is that possible? Well, I'm here to tell you it is, regardless of other things that are happening in your being. Now I'll give you some stories about how I relate to that as well and how I can't relate to some sufferings that people have felt and know are extremely challenging, especially the physical. And yet some people transcend that and know who they are and feel all right with life despite the pain, despite suffering that cannot be helped. What I'm here to talk about is the vast majority of suffering that humans put on themselves, endure, that could be called self-suffering. And that comes from a layer of mind, of thinking, that we can control, that we can access, and that we can work on by recognizing it, by getting rid of thoughts that don't lead to good feelings, by working on thoughts that do lead to good feelings, and realizing that without any thoughts, life is innately a good feeling. And I'll explain kind of how and why. So I had an experience in 2016, I believe, in the spring. It's one of only two psychedelic experiences I've ever had in my life because I've never been one to chase those things. I've always really severely liked reality, even when it was hard, 
And by liked, I mean, I might not have liked the pain associated with it, but I liked experiencing it because to me it seemed the only way through, the honest way through, and even if it was hard, at least it was real. I really, really enjoy real life, and I really have always enjoyed it, and it's just gone up a level since 2014. But I had this psychedelic experience, and it was at the hands of a medicine woman from Ecuador, who I met uh, synchronistically as she was passing through Vancouver for a few months. And we had this very quick and amazing connection about consciousness, about life, about meditation, about sharing. And we did that for a few months until she left. And that's a story for another day, but during the time she was here, we did two, um, we did two experiences. I was actually hesitant and didn't really choose um, to want to do it overtly, but being a medicine woman, she wanted me to have these experiences, and so I acquiesced, and in relating to her that I was pretty much already good to go in life, because this was post-2014, post the experience I had already being completely comfortable with myself and able to be without mind most of the time and thus mitigate any unnecessary thoughts or suffering from thoughts, which I'll get to. But we did two things. I'm going to tell you the first of the two experiences, which was simply doing mushrooms. So one evening in an office that I had downtown where I was doing the work that I'm talking to you about right now, writing books, doing a tiny bit of counseling and some small group classes. One evening after I was done for the day, she arrived and brought some mushrooms with her and did the appropriate preparation and we each ate whatever share of mushrooms was appropriate and then we lay down and an experience began and it was very interesting absolutely in this experience i remembered feeling sounds and feeling colors seeing patterns go by my imagination in my mind of course my eyes were closed and stretch and push and pull and I was lucid enough to know and connect that when I was getting that inside inside my mind it felt to me like it was relating to my being the energy between me and my cells in a very primal way almost the primal consciousness of being as that thing which is holding space between energy and form it's the best way i can describe it is that i could see feelings and feel what they were without any label of good, bad, right, wrong. The closest word I have to try and describe the base feeling of consciousness is actually a German word that I happen to know called Sehnsucht, which is longing. When energy takes the next step and becomes 
matter in a life form, I would say there's that longing feeling. It's like a deep sigh. <sighs> you know, it's just happy to be here for no reason. It's just okay to be here. And for a life form, that inherently means it's okay to be alive. And of course it's okay to be alive. We don't need any particular reason or meaning. I don't think we have to go on a deep lifelong search for a purpose. Although, of course, because we're here, we're going to find things to do, and we're going to each have unique abilities and expressions and way of being who we are. That's fine. But I'm talking more within the realm of what we are. We are feelings. We're just feelings embodied in physical form. And that's not just true of us, that's true of all life. And there's been tests done on all life. Forms, plants, animals, single cells, and they all exhibit the same characteristics. When there's a threat, or they're harmed, or there's pain, they respond very dramatically. If it's a life form that's mobile, that can move, it moves. And that's a universal principle. Life forms move away from danger and towards growth, towards love, towards comfort. And you can corroborate this because I'm sure you do or want to do the same things. Whenever life is good, you have a good feeling, you want to replicate that, you want to maintain it. You know, if you're in a job you like, you stay there. If you're like in a relationship you like, you stay there. If you're playing a game you like, you play it again. If you play a game you don't enjoy, you don't do it again. Why? Because the reward is always feelings and feeling good feeling optimal and the most comfortable feeling of that is being able to align what you're doing with who you are so that the moment is enjoyed and if you're very aware you also don't want to inhibit the enjoyment of any other life around you as part of that equation because that would be leading to your own suffering. And that's something I've been connected to since an early age. And that I know is something that is part of the disconnect between head and heart in our species right now. But getting back to explaining feelings. On that day, I had a visceral image in my head of what feelings are that we have in our body and what they do for us. And what do they do for us? They inform us. And I want you to realize that prior to thinking they inform us, in other words, you probably don't do it often, maybe you can or cannot do it now, but if you can quiet your mind enough to just be there, then you'd realize you're going to feel your surroundings and sense them exactly as they are. You're going to hear, see, feel, taste, touch, everything around you. And if nothing is there to actually bother you, and by bother I mean instigate a negative feeling, then you're fine. And I want you to realize you're probably fine in more moments of life than you've ever realized before. Because how often are you actually being harmed? Is there pain? Is there suffering? 
we let things bother us because we don't like the idea of it. And again, this is where I'll be leading with talking about feelings and how we can be in touch with them, where they come from, what levels of consciousness they come from, and how we, when we know that, it frees us to be empowered to do something about it. So our base consciousness, from the time we're born into this world, just allows us to feel. And that is an innately good thing. Without feeling, we wouldn't know to move away from danger. We wouldn't know what hurts us. We don't have to be told after we're born that our mother loves us when she's nursing us or holding us in her arms. The words I love you don't mean anything at that point. But the feeling is innately there. The child looks up into its mother's eyes, its father's eyes, any other loving human's eyes, and there is going to be a sense of trust of love, of respect. That's innate, because there's no threat. Where there's no threat, there's no suffering. That's base consciousness as the base feeling of life in form. Now with humans, more so than any other life in form, although others have access to what I'm going to talk about, Humans have developed such a high level of self-consciousness, a very sophisticated mind, which has a lot of information stored, a lot of connections, a lot of ideas, a lot of concepts. We are able to form access to feelings from thought. And as I spoke about in the other episodes, within our self-conscious mind, we have an ego mind. And I picture that as just a little container of the self-conscious mind, which is a specialized area that filters all the information in your mind and relates it just to you. Because you are the primary thing of importance to the ego. And you are information to the ego as well. So this mind within your mind knows everything you know, and it also knows you. And its job is to connect the dots. And here's where it gets tricky. Our thoughts can come directly from self-conscious thinking. And that's just observing the world, relating to it, connecting dots, making a decision, having an idea. Without involving ourselves in it, it just is what it is. And our base feeling of consciousness remains. It's not affected perhaps one way or the other. But if we're doing something we enjoy, if we're singing, if we're dancing, if we're working, if we're just walking in nature, then that feeling will be there and it may be elevated as well. Because it's kind of being in love with life and in being in love with yourself in life by being yourself. But when our ego gets involved, that adds another layer. Now the ego knows how all this works, but the ego doesn't have its own feelings. But the ego knows that you feel. And so by relating things to you, it makes you special. And by making you special, it controls your feelings. And we all know that. When you do something and you feel proud, when you do something, when you find something, you buy something and it's just for you, there's that little rush, that little hit of dopamine that makes you feel good. When you win a game, when you win some money, when you have something 
is an egoic principle that leads to a feeling, and your ego knows that. But the feeling doesn't last, does it? Now, when you don't have that thing, when that thing is gone, when that thing is old, you know, you buy a new car, it was shiny and fast, and perhaps over the years, you know, you didn't take care of it, and it's not in the same shape it was. You look at it, uh-oh, now you don't have a good feeling. You actually have the opposite feeling. You're a little depressed because you look at it, and it's not the same as it was. Well, where's that feeling coming from? Well, it's coming from a thought, only that thought from ego is negative because it's not a new thought. That thing has become old, and you're used to that thought. So you can't always get a good new feeling from an old thought. Which is why, what do you do? You get a new car. Because that puts new information into your brain. Your ego has something new to, to work on and to offer you. And then all of a sudden, you're happy for a little while. Now that's just a very simple overview of something that happens day in and day out for almost everyone on the planet with regards to where their feelings come from. And yet not many of us know that because we haven't had the experience of not having thoughts and yet still having feelings. But we do have those experiences. And that's what I want you to use as a touch point for getting in touch with being beyond thought and being authentically you and in love with life. The love you feel for your mother, not because she does something for you, not because she raised you, but just because she is who she is. The love of nature. The love of playing certain games, doing certain activities. You know, the proverbial, if you didn't have to do this, what would you do to enjoy yourself in life? Well, that's what you should be doing, people say, for a job or for enjoyment. You probably have a lot of those things. It's just thoughts get in the way and what we call the real world, which is just human society and the layers and structures of human society that have been built upon foundations of ego that I'll be getting to in another episode. All those things can get in the way of just feeling here. The feeling of being, of being you right here right now for no reason a lot of people don't know that they are allowed to do that that that's okay even if you do a lot of thinking and you have responsibilities that's fine now another scenario in which you can be perfectly satisfied with life with thinking is if what you're thinking is who you are is what you're doing if all those things are aligned in the moment then that's practically the same thing as being without thought and just enjoying the moment, you see? Why? Because there's no resistance. If there's no resistance, there's no need for a thought that can lead to a depressed feeling. And a depressed feeling is resistance felt in the body. That's what anxiety is, that's what worry is, and those things over time become this thing called depression. But anxiety and worry are just thinking without decision. As Joe Dispenza aptly said, the worst of human suffering is indecision. And the reason is because it keeps your feelings in suspension. There's no resolution. And when it's not a positive feeling, 
then our mind can dwell, looking for an answer. And as I described in a previous episode, the reason our minds dwell and keep going is because they are already in motion. They're very used to doing that. They become primary within the human condition when they don't have to be. I'm convinced they were at one point in time in our past, and they helped us, they saved us, which gives the ego an ego about having done that, and which is why it just carries on, thinking and thinking and thinking, as if every next thought is necessary, is going to help, and yet we know that's not always true. The way to put an end to unnecessary thought, which is really just anxiety and worrying and stress, is to be decisive, to make a decision. And that decision can finish in your head or it can finish with an action that aligns thinking and doing. And at that point, thinking can quiet because you're doing what you thought. And that's when you really enjoy life, is when those things align and you don't have to think. Because I think we all know the feeling, and I used to know this prior to 2014, we all know the feeling of doing one thing and thinking a whole bunch of other things. It's very tiring. It takes focus from what you're doing, takes enjoyment away from what you're doing, it takes enjoyment away from life, from simply being here and being alive. And on a fundamental level, that's really what we're here for, is to be here, to feel like who we are, and then express it. I'll be saying that over and over again, with explanations, with insights, with stories, with the truth about what we are. In fact, it's so important that one of the many books I'm writing is going to be what we are, because I'm not convinced it's been aptly described in its entirety up to this point yet in human history. And yeah, that's a pretty big statement to make, but you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. And it all comes from experience of having done it myself, experienced it myself, and as well, having studied one heck of a lot of the work of others, down through the ages right up to recent times. And knowing that science is getting close to corroborating that, it really is, and yet it probably will never know 100% because that's not a possibility. And it doesn't matter. That's the other key thing to know. We can let go of thought at just about any given time if it doesn't really matter. Because a lot of things that our mind stews on we think it matters, but it's only our mind trying to suggest something to us for that next dopamine hit. But you know what? There's a lot of things you can not think about, and you'll be just fine. In fact, by not thinking about a lot of things, you may be more fine than you know. With just who you are, right here, right now. Even if you have things you want to work on, things you need to resolve, relationships you need to communicate better about. It all starts within yourself, communicating honestly and authentically with yourself. And I really hope that by describing what we are, you can contemplate the entirety of your being and get more in touch 
with you, your home base, the energy that you are here to be. And then express it through your own character, through your own skills, through the things you've learned in this life, whatever those are. Okay, I'm going to leave this episode at that. I think it's uh, about half an hour. I've been doing about half an hour each time without even keeping track. It seems to be a comfortable amount of time for me to speak, get a point across, and hopefully be quite clear and concise about it. So, I hope you get a deep experience of who you are on a more constant and consistent basis, because that's what you're here to do. Take care. Friends, if you'd like to support the podcast and support this guy, Steve Willat, in doing this full-time, it doesn't take much. Steve is here just to do this, primarily, and also just to eat, sleep, and interact with the other humans and other life on a day-to-day basis. I want nothing from this life that I don't have right now. And so any money I get in excess of that will always go back into helping in whatever way I'm able to contribute. And you can contribute to an account that I have set up at LibraPay, L-I-B-E-R-A-P-A-Y, under the name Steve Alat, capital S-T-V-E, capital A-L-L-A-T. Or you can also find me on PayPal under my email address, steve at illuminatingthedisconnect.com, and at Stripe, using the same email. If you have any questions, Send me an email, steve at illuminatingthedisconnect.com. I would love to hear from you and uh, respond in kind. Take care.